1: Can you hear the crack of the bat? It's baseball season, and that means the Durham Bulls, and yes, yay, they are back. Joining us today to talk all things Durham Bulls is Scott Strickland, Assistant General Manager of Operations for the club. Welcome, Scott.
0: Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking all things baseball today.
1: Great. And we do have so many things to cover. But let's start a little bit on the storied history of the Durham Bulls. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The team has has been around for a a long, long time. Uh, We're knocking on the door to 120 years of of baseball in the Bull City um, with the Durham Bulls. And obviously, we've been in two different stadiums uh, over the course of, uh, or two different locations uh, over the course of, Uh, those almost 120 years with the, with the old ballpark is what most people are familiar with in addition to the, uh, the new ballpark. So the Durham Athletic Park, uh, over at, uh, 500 Corporation Street in Durham, uh, which is still standing and is home of the North Carolina Central, uh, baseball program for at least a a few more weeks. They're actually disbanding their baseball program and, and, uh, and, and stopping things with the, with the baseball program. But we do a lot of other programming over there as well during the summertime with, high school kids and their their summer travel teams um in addition to festivals and concerts and and you name it we uh we do it over at the at the old ballpark as well we actually operate that on on behalf of the city of durham uh general services department so uh pretty cool as as someone who's who's 38 years old and grew up in north carolina and, and grew up as a baseball fan uh it, it, it is pretty neat to go over there and and see where the movie was filmed which obviously we'll talk about but but uh my, my nephew who just turned 10, um, uh, his birthday present for me was being able to go over to the old ballpark and, and play catch in the outfield with, with, uh, my father and therefore his grandfather. Um, so pretty, pretty unique experience that, uh, a, a Durham residents can, can see when they walk by and, and, and then pop in the gate to, to go to various events. Um, but the last year of that ballpark was, was 1994 and actually the planned last year was 1993. Um, and the, the DBAP was not ready. And so uh, my dad actually has a has a, a T-shirt um, from 1994 from the last game and uh, the, the kind of somewhat iconic um, ticket booth uh, that's out front of the stadium. It's being knocked over, and there's two guys running out from underneath it with a little text box that says, This time we're really out of here. <laughs> Obviously making fun of the fact that they all thought they were going to be out there in 1993. So uh, there were two final seasons of baseball at the DAP. And, uh, and then we opened the DBAP in 1995. We were at the time still a single A team for the Atlanta Braves. And then we bumped up to AAA with the then Tampa Bay Devil Rays and, and now Tampa Bay Rays, uh, starting in the 1998 season. So the ballpark itself, um, has, has undergone a lot of changes over the, over those years. Um, in 95, essentially the stadium stopped in the left field corner and in the right field corner. And then there were some, some, um, kind of fairground type uh county fair bleachers in right field with some very small picnic area and a a big grass area. And then there was a parking lot behind left field, behind the the Blue Monster left field wall. Um, And then we bumped up to to AAA 98. Uh, The new office building out in right field was open by that point, which is Diamond View 1. And then in 2008, Diamond View 2 opened, which is the building in left center field. And then Diamond View 3 opened about uh, five and a half years ago. Over in the left field corner, and uh, lots of things have changed inside the stadium during that time frame as well, with the kind of the, the evolution of the business model of a Miami baseball team, and then uh, uh, highlighted by following the 2013 season, uh, everything moved out, including the uh, people working here, um, the lampshades, everything moved out, and we did a, a massive renovation that basically touched every area of the stadium uh, and, and successfully pulled that off. Prior to opening day of 2014, so all new seats, uh, a new club was built uh, up on the third floor, our uh, PNC Triangle Club, which is a great space for special events and a great spot to watch a game from. Uh, new playing field was installed, new video boards, uh, fresh coats of paint on everything, re- uh, refreshed to the branding on the concourse level. So again, everything was touched in some capacity, um, but that was that was a pretty significant. Um, element there to the history of the Bulls and to the history of the DBAP. The mindset was basically that that the DBAP had, had gotten us through 20 years and, and served the community really, really well um, and it was time to get it ready for the next 20 years. And so that that was a lot of the emphasis on a lot of the renovations heading into the 2014 season. So uh, that's kind of a, a quick glance at the history of the ballpark and the team itself. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes to downtown Durham, uh, the American Tobacco Campus being right beside us, uh, kind of highlighting that Revitalization of, of downtown Durham and, and initiating and getting it going. Um, and so a, a lot of things, um, have, have remained the same while there has also been a good bit of change. So, uh, you know, this, this ballpark and this team and this development around us is, is, is favorably viewed by the entire country. And, and there's not a, there's not a year that goes by that the fill in the blank team doesn't come to town, um uh, you know, with, with their city. City leadership to to look at how things were done in Durham um, to to gauge and direct their their future redevelopment and, and construction of the new stadium or renovation of their current stadium uh, wherever that team resides. So um, pretty cool to be a part of that, and I think something that that everyone in Durham uh, feels a part of and, and can appreciate.
1: Well, it's a great park. It's just amazing, and and all of you did do a, a great job on it, and I like that you also keep some old with the new, and we'll talk about some of that coming up here. But I want to ask you, um, so when I lived in Chicago at Wrigley Field, there was a well-known curse. The Billy Goat Tavern owner placed on the Chicago Cubs in 1945 when he was told to leave the park because his goat was bothering fans. <laughs> I don't know why there was a goat at, the, at a, a baseball field uh, in 1945, but, but who knows? Who knows what they did in 1945? Um, but anyway, uh, so the owner, insulted, cursed the team not to win another National League pennant, and the team did not win until after that tavern owner died. Any similar curses or if not a curse, a tradition before every game or any little tidbit about the Durham Bulls like that?
0: There's so many cool things that I think um you know go on in, in sports and I and I'm I'm obviously biased here, but uh baseball um has some really, really unique things about it from superstitions to and and I would I would combine, you know, the curses that have that have been out there, uh, in, into the, the superstition world. Um, there, there are just so many things that happen on a, on a daily basis, um, that, 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 impact, um, the team itself down on the playing field and then the fans as well. I, I can tell one funny one, um, I used to be our, our head groundskeeper for 11 years and, and there was an old saying that came from season ticket holders that the, there, there was two elements to this, that, uh, obviously we're very close to the railroad tracks and that if the nine o'clock freight train came early, the Bulls were guaranteed to win. And the second item was, uh, back then the, the ground screw drug the field once per game. They drug it after the top of the fifth inning. And there was, there was a running, uh, tally on the dugout wall with a Sharpie about how many runs were scored while the ground screw was in the dugout. And beside that was the running tally of how many times the Bulls won when the nine o'clock freight train came early. Uh, and they were, they're, every year that proved to be a very, very high number. So that was, that was something that a few season ticket holders, uh, grounds crew members and the team were, were well aware of. Um, you know, some of the traditions that the team goes through as it, as a year develops, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. You know, these guys are, are together from, you know, beginning of February through the middle of September, um, you know, pretty much every single day. Um, but with the exception of maybe seven or six off days, um, throughout the year. And so, um, I mean, just think of, of, of a family, uh, that, that, you know, they're, they're around the baseball family oftentimes more so than their actual family. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, a lot of superstitions and, and, and jinxes and, and funny developments come out of, come out of that. Um, we had a, we've had a funny, funny story with our, our, uh, mascots over the years. And, and things that they've gotten into and things that they haven't gotten into, uh, that have been pretty funny. But, uh, one of them being, uh, Toledo, um, threw water balloons at our, at our, at, at Woolly Bull. And, uh, Woolly Bull, uh, messed up his knee as a result of that. Mm. And so, uh, we had had an issue the, the day before we had played a game at the old ballpark and, and the bus that uh, was supposed to pick up Toledo and take them from the DBAT to the DAP. Uh, he went home. He thought he, he thought he had gotten both teams, uh, when in reality he had just gotten our, our home team and our employees. And so the game was delayed and as a, a kind of thing that you do when you're apologizing to a team for something that goes wrong, uh, you buy their post game spreads, so you buy their post game meal and we had bought them steaks. And so then they take out Woolly Bull. And so we took the steaks and gave them to our team and took the meal that was going to go to our home team and gave it to the visiting team. And so the headline in the Herald Sun the next morning was Mud Hens Hit Bull Lose Steak, obviously making a joke off of the snorting bull, which says Hit Bull Win Steak. So uh, that was a pretty cool story that, that happened, uh I guess, back in 2009, 2008 or 2009, one of the two. Um, that was pretty funny.
1: I just love these behind-the-scenes stories. That's that's something Triangle 411 is about a lot. We go behind the scenes at, oh, all kinds of TV shows like HGTV and Big Brother and Shark Tank and all this, and this is a little bit behind the scenes at the Durham Bulls. And you mentioned Wooly Bull, so let's talk about him a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, Wooly Bull is is such such an important item in, in our world. Um, you know, most people that come to a Durham Bulls game, they're they're not coming just for the game. Um, there there are the diehards that that know who our shortstop is and know what his batting average is, and they know what our record is and where we are in the standings. But but most people are not coming just for the baseball. They're coming for the birthday party. They're coming for the social element. Uh, they're coming for the corporate hangout. Um, and they're coming to see Wooly Bull. Wooly is is the face of our franchise to our fans. And 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 uh incredibly well known in the mascot world that the that, that woolly bull is is viewed as a um you know if there's thirty big league teams he's he's viewed as the thirty first most important uh mascot and 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 many people would argue he's he's more famous than some of the other m o b mascots so um that that's kind of a great representation of the buy in from the community on woolly and and you know one thing that's when we're talking to people about woolly bull is is you know The person behind the suit, um, people always ask, is that a full time position? And how we best answer that is annually, pre COVID at least, Mm -hmm. annually, Wooly does 300 appearances per year in addition to the games he works. Mm -hmm. So you do the math, uh, that, Mm -hmm. that, we, we play 70 home games, uh, that, that's 370 Mm -hmm. is more than 365. Uh now granted a lot of his events are happening on weekends and you know, he'll go from one parade to another, uh one birthday party to another. Um, but that's weekends, meaning he's having to work on a weekend. So Woolly Bowl is so much in the community and um and does and does a lot of great uh great things for the community. One thing that we're really proud of is It's how active, um, bully is in, in, in schools with our anti-bullying program, obviously anti-bullying really fits Mm -hmm. into the Durham Bulls pretty well. Mm -hmm. And that's been a program that got developed about five or six years ago that is, that is, is still going strong. And, and, uh, that, that, that's, you know, that's something that's actually been, um, Incredibly meaningful and, 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 and impactful to the community. In addition to that, obviously, birthday party is important. Don't get me wrong; going to the to the five-year-old's birthday is is, is important. But but something as important as anti-bullying in the school system is is obviously uh, impacting a lot a lot of kids as opposed to a a 20-person birthday party that he would he would potentially attend. In addition to that, obviously, you know we're so close to Duke Hospital and and got a you know, a great relationship with them and. And, uh, you know, over the course of the year, you, you get a hold of someone or someone gets a hold of you who is going through a, a challenging time and, and, and they feel that, uh, that Willie Bull can, can make an impact on that person's life who might be, you know, laying in a hotel bed, um, um, you know, on the, on the fifth floor or in the, or in the cancer ward over at Duke. Um, and, and it's, it's incredibly, uh, interesting to go watch, um, how he interacts with people and how people interact with him. We had a, um, Back in, I believe it was in 2009 through 2012-ish, that time frame. We, you know, if you're a player and you and you play in the Triple A level for five consecutive years, that's not exactly that's not exactly what you're wanting to do. You're you're wanting to be in Triple A for a year max, and and then get promoted to the big leagues and and never come back. Um, that being said, our, one of our former managers used to always say that, you know, if if you're not in the big leagues, Durham is where you want to play. Uh, and he's he's referring to the stadium he's referring to the fans he's referring to the the people that you interact with every day on our on our staff um, he's referring to the community he's referring to the 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 housing availability the restaurants because uh, these people you know they come from florida and and they get put in our lap for six months and they and they live here for six months uh, and their families, most of them are are the age where they're they're married with kids uh, or or they're starting that process um, and so a lot of times. Uh, in this example uh, specifically you, you get some people who started their families during their years that they were in Durham and, and during this time frame we had three or four guys who were here for parts of five years four or five years and one of them uh they they fell in love with, with Durham so much they, they built a house here and they still live here to this day and have three kids um, and then an- another group um, uh, a guy named Justin Ruggiano and his wife Shelly Ruggiano they they started their family while they were here in Durham as well and they have uh, two beautiful kids um, uh, Brooks and Ava and and um, they, through their son, had a uh, a friend in his class who was uh, going through cancer treatments. And apparently, a couple of years prior, they kind of stumbled upon Woolly Bull, and they went over to visit the kid, and he had a Woolly Bull uh, picture up on the wall. And they're like, well, wait a second. We used to, you know, Justin used to play in Durham. We lived in Durham for parts of five years and just, you know, kind of a small world type, um, uh, situation. And so, um, Justin's wife and Justin got, got a hold of us and said, Hey, is there anything we can do with Wooly Bull? Um, uh, he's got a fan in, in Texas who's going through a tough time. And so we, we made a really, really cool video for the kid and, and just, you know, something that, that you wouldn't think of as being part of a, a baseball team, but made it made an impact on a little kid's life who's, who was going through cancer and, and, um, you know, things like that. That's tough to, up to just create out of out of nowhere they they happen organically and and uh, and we're we're really fortunate to be a part of that and Wooly Bull plays obviously such a large role in that.
1: Mhm. Wow, that's that's an amazing story and I'm you know, you can understand the impact and thankfully the club and Wooly is is willing to do that cuz wow, if you can just uh ah, give any anybody suffering through anything a little bit of a break, that's that's your your goal then. So we're going to talk about one more thing before we get into the nitty-gritty. But, you know, it is like you say, people come to the ballpark for more than just the game. And one last thing I want to touch on is the uh, uh, the bull, as in the mechanical snorting bull, that was brought to life as a Hollywood prop in the yeah. 1988 film Bull Durham. Tell us, tell us about that journey, because it's a good yeah, one. Yeah, fascinating.
0: We, um, You know, the snorting bull is obviously... He, he, he is iconic. Um, you know, and I would back that statement up of, of, uh, you know, a large part of our business, right, is, is ticket sales and sponsorship sales. Well, we, we constantly get calls from, from potential sponsors who want to be on the bull. No, 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 no. The, the bull, the bull is, <laughs> the bull mm-hmm. is its own entity mm-hmm. and we can't mess with the bull. Good. Um,
1: Good. so when
0: the bull, the bull was obviously developed for the movie, as you said, and then when the ball, when the DBAP opened, um, so at the DAP, he was in right field, and eyes lit up. They flashed, actually. And then his tail was wagged by a rope. Uh, and I've got a, a childhood memory, actually, of, of being the kid who got to do that for a, for a, Whoa, for a home run. How cool. Um Yeah, so really, really cool. Um, I hope that's smoke. on your resume. Would, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That'll be on the LinkedIn profile. Uh, and, and smoke would, would come out of his nose. And then when the DAP opened, he was put in right field as well. And then, uh, as we went to AAA in 98, he was moved to left field. And so that was the same bull that got moved to left field. Um, but we have, we have just replaced him again. So this is, uh, to the best of my knowledge, this is our fourth starting bull and he's in a field with the DBAP and we just, uh, basically, so he's plywood and, uh, obviously over time he would, he would rot. And so he was, he was scheduled to be replaced prior to the, twenty twenty season which did not happen and so we replaced him for the twenty twenty one season and and uh made his eyes a little bit bigger. We increased the thought of the hit bull win stake uh and then left everything else the same. So if a bull, a Durham Bulls player hits the bull, he wins the stake. If he hits a grand slam, sometimes we run a promotion where an entire section will win a fan so or win a win a stake. But when it's just one bull hits you know it's a solo home run or something, the player wins a stake and one lucky fan wins a stake, uh, which is pretty cool. And then we've added over the years, if you hit the grass in front of a bull, uh you win a salad as well. So, um a pretty cool uh you know, towering you know, twenty five by twenty foot wide tall uh uh, structure overlooking the playing field and, and overlooking his kingdom is the kind of the way we look at it. But uh obviously a really, really neat thing and, and, and as we've replaced these bulls over the years, they've turned into really cool gifts. Um as an example, Chipper Jones when we retired his jersey number here back uh five or six years ago, we um uh, we gave him uh the B U L L uh from Hit Bull win when stake uh from the previous bull so uh framed that and gave it to him. So he's okay. got that hanging up on his wall somewhere which is a pretty unique gift that uh, not many people have in this
1: world that's right and 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 again this is the magic of the Durham Bulls ballpark and the going to the game and it's a goosebump moment when that <laughs> when they, you know it's just a bull lighting up snorting smoke but there's just something about it it's it's just grand so let's talk about let's talk game a little bit starting first at bat tell us about the coaching
0: yeah absolutely we'll have our uh, our our Repeat, uh, 2020, uh, manager, uh, or 2019 manager, excuse me, Brady Williams will, will be our manager again. And then our pitching coach, Rick Knapp, will return. Uh, we have a new hitting coach who was supposed to be a new last year, uh, Kyle Wilson, who went to NC State. So some people might recognize that name. And then we've got a couple new coaches that will be base coaches for us. Uh, and then our, our trainer, Scott Thurston returns and our strength coach, Brian King returns. And so they, we actually just had a zoom call with some of them last night as we were, uh, getting ready for opening day, which is maybe 11th. Um, and so, yeah, all, all, most of our coaches are returning with a, with a couple new faces for 2021.
1: Good. What about a fingers crossed roster? What's that looking like? Any giants?
0: Yeah, we, uh, you know, as, 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 uh, you know, sometimes going baseball injuries are, are a key part to, to a player's career. And, and, uh, we've had one player who, who, Last pitch for the Bulls in September of 2017 and tore his, uh, his UCL in 2018 and had, had Tommy John surgery. And then while rehabbing that, uh, after almost being out for a year, he broke, he broke the elbow, uh, and then has had two subsequent injuries and his name is Brett Honeywell. And, and no player has ever come back from both of those injuries, the, the UCL and the, and the broken elbow. And, and, uh, he actually has made it all the way back and, um, he was promoted to the big Leagues on Saturday and he made the start for the Rays this past Sunday. Uh I was fortunate enough to be there to watch him. Yeah, incredibly emotional moment for for him and his family and and all the players and staff members who have been with him for over these 4 years, 1300 days to be exact. Mm-hmm. Uh how many how many days went by from from the time he pitched in a working game to a uh, to to the next game. So, a uh, pretty cool moment we he might be here to start the year for the Bulls. Uh he was sent back down to the minors. Um on Sunday, as soon as the game was over. So he might be here. We're hoping, uh, just for uh, being selfish, I want to see the guy again. So I'm hoping to see him on uh, May 1st when the team reports. Uh, but obviously for him, we're hoping he gets back up to the big leagues and can continue his big league career. Um, at some point this year, we expect to see the top prospect in all of baseball, uh, Wander Franco, who's a phenomenal shortstop talent. Uh, he will probably be in Durham at some point this year. Um, and then we've got some familiar faces from the 2019 roster. Uh, we'll be here as well. And the rest of our, our pitching staff is actually really, really strong. There are some injuries at the big league level right now that has, that has hampered that a little bit. But uh, we think we're going to have a really, really good roster this year.
1: Great. Sounds good. Any new exciting happenings fans can look forward to?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think after just not being here for the 2020 season and not having baseball in our community for so long, that people are just anxious to get back out to the ballpark. You know, This Absolutely. place has such a, a rich sense of tradition and connection to fans, you know, story we always tell is you go to some minor league teams and you sit on a row of uh fifteen or eighteen seats and maybe two or three people tops uh in your section will be wearing the team's merchandise. You come to a bulls game and I guarantee you about ten of the people on just that row of seats with you will be wearing bulls merchandise. And it's it's tough to walk around town without seeing a bulls hat or T shirt, uh, which again just represents how fortunate we are to have such a great community. Um, that's invested so much in the Bulls and, and a part of the fabric of the community, and, and we're looking forward to just getting people back out to the ballpark. Uh, we're so fortunate. The healthcare workers and the, the vaccines are going to get us in a place where we can have fans in the stands again, because last year was pretty doggone boring. Not going to lie, um, it, it was weird doing events for ten people uh, when we were used to doing it for ten thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um So that that that's our biggest attraction this year is just just having Bulls baseball back in the community.
1: And and I hear that. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the game. So, so let's talk a little bit about how that journey might look. How's things working with the whole COVID protocols? Like what should fans be prepared to experience when it comes to dealing with that aspect of coming to the game?
0: Absolutely. I think uh, what people are seeing, you know, the rest of the country and and as they go about their daily business and go to restaurants and, and, and are potentially going back to work as well, um, th- that will be the staples of what you experience at, at the DBAP. Uh, and basically those staples are are, are restricted to, to four items. There will be reduced capacity, so there will be fewer people in here than you're used to. There will be socially distanced seating. There will be increased cleaning protocols in everyone, as of right now at least, will have to wear a mask while they're at the ballpark unless they're actively eating or drinking at their seating seated location. Um, those are the things that that will be uh, again the staples of a, of a DBAP experience and that basically covers uh, it, it covers your your ticket entry process. It covers when you're uh, you know trying to buy a hot dog we we're increasing um, you know food deliveries to your seat uh, grab and go features around the ballpark so you don't have to go wait in a line. Naturally, there'll be fewer people in here, so the lines themselves will be shorter just as a result of that. Um, and then the socially distanced seating, which, which is pretty interesting, which people are probably pretty pretty used to now. if They're watching games on television, whether it was college football, NFL, NBA, or, or MLB right now, where um, you know we, we've got various uh, quantities of pods available. And so most most people are purchasing pods of four people, and then as of right now, you would have two two seats killed beside you before the next pod. Um, that's with the, the six feet of social distancing that's required by the, the, the current uh, uh, governor's order. Uh, MLB also has requirements for us that we have to follow, and then obviously we're working hand-in-hand hand with local officials and the county health officials. So um, there'll be hand sanitizers wherever you are. Uh, we've actually even replaced all of our toilet uh, flush mechanisms and sink um, uh, activators, so those are all um, uh, touchless now. And, and again, that, that, that's, it's, it, it's a lot of common sense. People have been practicing these things for 12 months now, 13 mm-hmm. months now, mm-hmm. I guess. And, uh, and it'll just be a continuation of operating safely, uh, as you've done in your home, as you've done in your own life. Um, and it'll be the same as you come to the DBAP. So, uh, we're, we're extremely confident we can operate safely. We're seeing this across the country and we have no doubt that we can continue to do that, uh, during a baseball season.
1: So you have a couple of follow-up questions here. Um, a couple of things. One concessions. So are you saying, do you have the means now they were starting this even before COVID and some ballparks and football stadiums, et cetera, where you, you have an app on your phone where you order the food and then it's brought to you or you get called when it's ready. Is, is that what you're talking about? Yes,
0: ma'am. And we, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes interesting how things, that you initiate programs, you initiate how they come back to benefit you on down the road. We actually were one of the first teams in, in all of minor league baseball, um, um, you know, to, to, to start that process, to start having, uh, the ability for you to order your food from your, from your seat and for it to either a, be delivered to you or to just have a pickup window for you to go grab, grab the box, grab the bag and, uh, and, and fire things back up again. So at your seat to watch a game. So, uh, we slowly were increasing, um those programs in, in twenty eighteen and two thousand nineteen and and we uh that has put us in a much better position to roll these programs out for twenty twenty one uh as opposed to just starting them from, from scratch. Um so um we'll we'll definitely be using that for twenty twenty one and and I think it'll be a, a fan facing element that people will really, really, really enjoy.
1: Good, because it, it was it was great before even COVID. I mean, you don't miss half the game standing in line, so that's Correct. good. And then when you talk about, um, so first of all, a little while back, and this will continue to change all year. I'm, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. but it was something like okay, 30 percent capacity, and now I think you can do like 50 percent capacity. Is that right? Is that what kind you- of, and
0: so, but but you still have to have the six feet of distance, and so we're not at none. Of- the 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 most recent increase to fifty percent really did not do any um assistance to the large venues um because we still have to have the six feet of social distancing in front of you, behind you and beside you. And so um that means that um we can only get to about twenty seven percent of capacity. Um which which is which is pretty small, right? Especially in a ten thousand seat stadium. So uh, we do anticipate things to change over the, over the, um, over the months, uh, maybe even before our, our opening day. Um, just to give you a point of reference, going from six feet of social distancing to three feet would change, would take us from killing two seats in between to only killing one seat. And it would give us the ability to stagger some seating and utilize the row in front of you. Whereas right now we're having to kill every other row,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so that's a huge thing to to venues like PNC and, and to us. Um, the fifty percent didn't help us that much, and so we're still at around twenty seven, twenty eight hundred people.
1: Yeah, and I and I hope that does change because if they're doing three feet at schools instead of six feet, you know, there's some. There's there's some common sense there too, but whatever. And so when you talk about the pods, what if you have a family of six? Can you accommodate a pod like that, or they're just strictly four? And how does that?
0: Yes, so we have uh, a lot of twos, fours, and sixes uh, that people have been uh, purchasing.
1: So how do people purchase them? How do how do folks get tickets now?
0: Absolutely, yeah. The best way is to go to our website, Durantbulls.com. We actually just went on sale with individual tickets last week. Um, and uh you know that that's gone really, really well. Right now we're kinda of handing things handling things on a month to month basis because we don't know how things will change from a protocol standpoint, from a social distancing standpoint. So for example, we don't wanna restrict our sales for June when we might be able to sell a little more, and we also don't wanna uh have a lot of sales in May or June when we might not be able to have that many people in here. So we're 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 kinda doing it on a month to month basis to to maximize the fan experience as much as possible and to continue operating as, as safely as possible.
1: So saying that then, like if you wanted to go to a July game, you're not able to buy tickets for a July game yet?
0: You're not able to buy them from a from an individual ticket process right now, correct. Um, the, the, we, we expect that that will probably change in the next month, month and a half um but uh, the best way to go about it right now is to become one of our 919 club members which is essentially our season tickets and so we we have uh, all sorts of plans there from from fulls to half seasons to 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 mini plans as well which mini plans are incredibly popular for people where they can get you know get a plan for for 9 games you know people that don't want to commit to a full season uh and then they can they can come to almost kind of come whenever you want um uh, so it's a very easy purchase uh process and Definitely recommend fans going to our website or or calling our our, our box office at 956 six B U L L to talk to a ticket representative.
1: Okay, that 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 would be great, and get all these details and figure these out two, four, six pods. It's it's crazy, but hey, we'll do it to have baseball back in our lives, right?
0: Absolutely, and that's one thing we we've, we've been so fortunate to to see in the community. Even last year when we were doing. Really, really small events. Um, you know, people were so thankful to have the opportunity to be able to get out to the ballpark, um, where, you know, mask wearing was not an issue. Keeping social distancing was not an issue. And we were so appreciative of that. And we're going to rely on, on that trust with our fans, uh, as we open our gates for the first time on May the 11th.
1: Fabulous. Okay. Go May 11th and go Bulls. Thank you so Absolutely. much for being here, Scott. It was really enjoyable. Thanks for taking the time.
0: Absolutely, thanks for the invite. We appreciate it.
1: So, it's time for our nonprofit spotlight, um, but we're running a little late on the show. So, I'm going to introduce this nonprofit and then talk to you about it in more detail another time, but but just just to get something out there about this great organization. It's Southlight Innovative Behavioral Health. And they provide service for substance use and mental health treatment needs in the Triangle. They help individuals gain the tools needed to build a strong foundation for long-term recovery. For 50 years, Southlight has offered a safe and supportive treatment environment where individuals in crisis can receive comprehensive care offered with compassion and respect. For more info, please go to South. Light.org, southlight.org. And again, we will revisit that probably in our next show. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. Keep listening here or at our website, triangle411.buzzsprout.com. We've got a lot of behind-the-scenes fun stories for you, like what happens on TV's Big Brother, what goes on behind the scenes, and actually one of the contestants, Christmas Abbott's. Talks to us about that, uh, HGTV. How does that work? How do you get on the show? Does it cost money to have your home uh, renovated, etc.? And then, of course, Shark Tank. Do they actually fight as much as they appear to on the show? What's the behind the scenes there? So check it up, check us out for that, and so much more. For now, I'm Mary Ann Sprucker for Triangle Four One One today. Dot dot dot. Be tolerant.